Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome into 104.3 The Fans Coffee Break. James Marilat, Rachel Veal, hanging out with you. And James, we've got the back-to-back MVP in Nicole Jokic. News finally broke early this morning. How pumped are you? How what am I? Pumped How am pumped I? pumped are you? Yeah. Very, very. Now, look, we all kind of thought this was going to happen. He's been the uh, the favorite, really, for probably the last month to six weeks. But as time has gone on in the playoffs, you just start to worry. You start to wonder, is it going to happen? Nuggets are out of it. Sixers are still in it. You wonder if they're saving it for a home game in Philly. We've heard kind of different rumors and stories about that. So uh, pumped, relieved, excited. I mean, what a great day in Denver sports. You get the uh, the first, time, first player to ever in the history of Colorado sports win a second MVP award, let alone back-to-back. That's huge. You got the abs. Uh, playing tonight, a chance to sweep the uh, Predators out of the playoffs in advance. It's a good day, a good time to be a Colorado sports fan, that's for sure. Oh my goodness, you are so right. DMAC is going to join us later on. He is live in Nashville too, so he's going to update us on everything that he learned yesterday and today going into game four with, like you said, James, hopefully getting that sweep here tonight. But let's talk a little bit more about Jokic. When you look at his stats from the past two seasons, which season was he actually better Oh, he was better this season. I mean, you know, in two out of the three categories, main categories, other than assists, he was he was better this year, and he had less help. I mean, it's the story that we're all tired of hearing, and we're all tired of probably talking about, but he played the entire year without Jamal Murray, essentially the whole year without Michael Porter Jr., still led this team to 48 wins. So his regular season accomplishments are off the charts. His uh, season that he had was certainly worthy of being the MVP, without a doubt. Um, but at some point it does kind of become a, Hey, you're just making an argument with numbers. Uh, you know, the, the, he had a lot of going against them this year in terms of how far they could go. And I'm not saying that that's not a viable excuse, but I think to go to the next level, to take the next step in terms of Colorado, Colorado sports icons, you got to do it in the postseason. So he, he's arguably the greatest regular season player in any sport in the history of Colorado. But in my mind, that doesn't quite put him on the Mount Rushmore. So um, now it's the next step. Now it's the next level. That doesn't diminish what he's done. That doesn't diminish this accomplishment. It doesn't take away the sweetness of it. It's great. But you don't play the sport to win regular season awards. They don't throw parades for having the best per in NBA history. They throw parades for winning championships. So, you know, that's the, that's the next step for Jokic and the Nuggets. Okay, we're going to get to those five icons here in just a second. But my argument is last year, Jokic put up almost as great of numbers, but he also had Jamal out on the court. So when you look at kind of the comparison, it's interesting to me because he had his probably best player out on the court with him and he is still putting up, I think his point stats was like 26.4 or something like that, where he was putting up 27 this year. So were we expecting a bigger jump on that front because they didn't have Jamal and MPJ at all this year? Well, I mean, it's it's tricky because, yeah, he's going to get more opportunities because, hey, he doesn't have his you know second and third best score. But by the same token, he's going to get almost all of the attention defensively. Right. Like, you know, we saw that in a if you want to find a microcosm of it in the series against the Warriors. But even on a night in night out basis, you know, the other team comes in and looks at it and says, hey, they got one guy who can beat us. And that's Jokic when you don't have a second and a third option and you're going down to four five and six with Aaron Gordon Will Barton and Monte Morris maybe not necessarily in that order so I see what you're saying of hey maybe it should have jumped even more but just the total lack of help 
Um, and the fact that he was the focal point reigning MVP. So that's going to get a lot of attention without your, your, your next two best scores that puts all the attention on you. So I think the fact that his numbers were able to go up at all um, speaks volumes. The fact that his assists went down just to taste tells you he didn't have uh, near as many people to pass the basketball to who could actually do something with it. So I think that tells part of the story as well. Yeah, we're obviously super excited. Back-to-back MVPs. Twitter has been rolling this morning. What would you say to the people that said that Embiid should have won it? You know, this isn't a popular opinion in this town, but they actually have a pretty good argument. I mean, Embiid had a great season. He averaged 30 points a game. Uh, I think his team won 51 games. So, you know, I kind of feel bad for Sixers fans and for Embiid fans, right? If, If the shoe was on the other foot, in Denver, we'd be complaining. We'd be saying, how did our guy not get it? He should have got it. He got overlooked. Now, do I buy the, you know, there's this anti-Sixers bias? No. <laughs> I mean, it's the East Coast. It's the Eastern time zone. Everybody knows what Embiid does. Everybody gets to see his game. So I'm not buying that. But I think it unfortunately turns into a situation where, depending on what side of the argument you're on, you have to rip the other guy. I'm not going to rip Joel and beat him at all. I think he's a great, great player. I think that team had some turmoil they had to deal with this year too, with the Ben Simmons situation at the start of the year. I mean, it's just all sorts of things going on. So I think he had a great year. I think if he'd have won the MVP, uh, it certainly would have been deserving. Um, He just happened to be going up against a guy who had a historic season, right? 2,000, 1,500. Nobody's ever done it in the history of the game. Been a lot of great players, a lot of triple-double machines, and nobody's ever scored 2,000 points, grabbed 1,000 rebounds, and dished out 500 assists. So, you know, he got beat by a guy that did something that, you know, Bolt didn't do, and Oscar Robertson didn't do, and, you know, Magic and LeBron and Michael and all the – every great name you could think of. So, you know, I I feel a little bit bad for him, and I'm not going to get into the camp of, hey, I'm going to bash Embiid, just like I don't think Philly fans should get into the camp of, Hey, let's bash Jokic. That's silly. They're they're both great players. They're both w- would have been worthy winners. Um, the right guy got it, but it would have been a it would have been a really tough argument had it gone the other way. I could have I would have understood it. So when the I haven't seen the final vote totals. I don't think they're out yet until the award is officially given out tonight. It's going to be closer than it was last year. And you know you'll see it sometimes, Rachel. Like when there's one guy who doesn't vote for. Ken Griffey Jr. to go into the Hall of Fame on the first ballot. You're like, what did this? What was this guy watching? What's he thinking? If you voted for Joel Embiid, I got no beef with you. And if you voted for Nicole Jokic, Philly fans shouldn't have any beef with those people either. Both guys had a great year. I agree with you on both points, but I think that the 2,000, 1,500 might have been what maybe pushed people over just because it never has been done. You have to respect the greatness when something is done for the first time. And for me, that was the reason that Jokic should have won MVP this year. So again, no hate on Embiid. He had a fantastic year. I think we're all very lucky to watch both of these players. Um, I'm looking forward to next year, and I think it's going to be so much fun. But I hope that Jokic is – I know he said he was going to be hanging out with friends and family, drinking some beer, and then hopefully hanging out with his horses because that's my favorite part about Jokic is that he's just so so laid back and chill and just wants to be like a normal dude, play video games, hang out with his horses, and like I said, hang out with friends and family. So not here for all like the crazy camera moments. 
Yeah, no, it's great. It's what makes him identifiable, right? Like, you know, I mean, he makes a ton of money. He's a, you know, six eleven guy and he's a re- remarkable basketball player. So there's a lot of things that aren't relatable. The way he goes around about his, you know, everyday life though, does make him seem more <laughs> relatable. Like, yeah, that's how we would all want to do it. So that's, uh, that's cool. He's down to earth. Um, you know, it's always kind of nice when somebody with humility wins it. Right. And he's been humble and, you know, he's not campaigning for the award. I'm sure it, 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 you know, feels great. And I'm sure it's a sense of accomplishment. Um, but that does make you, uh, you root for the guy even more. That's for sure. Absolutely. Let's go into these icons now, James. All right. So Mount Rushmore, Colorado sports athletes, everyone loves to talk about this. We asked you for your top five. Who are you naming at number five? I'm putting Jokic at five. He doesn't quite make the, uh, the, the Mount Rushmore at this point. Um, you know, I think he's a fantastic player. He's the greatest nugget in the history of the franchise. Um, you know, he's done something that no other athlete in the history of the state has done. So that puts him on the list, but he can't move ahead of the other, uh, the other four guys because the other four guys have done something he hasn't. And that's hoist the trophy at the end of the season. All right. Hit me with number four. Well, now I see you're putting me on the spot. I don't remember exactly the order I gave him to. Hang on. Hang on. There you go. Patrick Waugh. Patrick Waugh is four. Uh, so he won, you know, two, uh, two Stanley Cups here. And look, he, he gets on this list just for game six in 2001 in the Stanley Cup finals when they go into New Jersey trying to stay alive. And he put the abs on his back. Got him a win in game six. They came back to Colorado for game seven. And uh, and won the Stanley Cup, so he he gets on here just for that one game alone, plus everything else he accomplished. Okay, number three. Uh, number three is TD. Just look at what he did in eight postseason games. I mean, it, you know, had like eleven hundred and some yards, uh, double digit touchdowns. I mean, if you just took that and extrapolated over an entire sixteen game season, it would have been the greatest rushing season in the history of the league. And he did it in playoff games against the best possible teams, oftentimes on the road. So TD won an MVP, won a Super Bowl MVP, hoisted two Lombardi trophies. He's number three for me. Number two. Number two is Joe Sackick. Uh, again, two Stanley Cups, uh, one a Con Smythe, just a fantastic player, um, the greatest player in the history of that franchise. So uh, he certainly goes on there, but, uh, you know, it, he, he was uh, he was the heart and soul. He was the captain of a team that won two Stanley Cups in five years. Him and I, we're best of buds now that we've hung out at Justin Bieber together. So uh, obviously love Joe right. Sackett there. And then number one, I feel like most people would say this here in Colorado. Who you got? Uh, John is going on as number one. Yeah, he played 16 years there, went to five Super Bowls, won an MVP, won two Super Bowls, won a Super Bowl MVP. Again, Nikola Jokic has a great resume. But it doesn't stack up there with uh, with what with what any of these other four have done. So I don't know what happened to our graphic here, but why okay, and uh, Jokic and everything got switched. So Jokic should be back there at five. It's uh, it's Elway, Sakic, TD, Wa, and Nikola Jokic as my top five. But yeah, John is the uh, John is the he's the big face on Mount Rushmore. And Peyton Manning just got knocked off today of this top five. Peyton Manning would have been number five prior to, the, to this morning, but Jokic has got two MVPs, so that, that puts him ahead of a guy who uh, who did some great things in only four years here in Denver. 
Nothing like a change in graphic. All right. That's so interesting, though, that, yeah, Peyton Manning getting kicked off. Obviously, a legend here in Colorado as well. We love good old PFM. But now let's talk some hockey because we are lucky enough to have DMAC live from Nashville. DMAC, how are you? Great. Can you guys hear me? I hope you can. You're good. How are you? All right. Should I tilt my phone the other way? Is that weird? I could do that if, if, if that's better. You want to give a shot? Let's, let's right, here do we go. it. Yeah, I like it. He's got that <laughs> right, tripod okay. action oh, now. Oh, yeah, Nashville yeah. looking good. Yeah, today. there you go. Can, can you see the rink? We got, let me see. Uh, there's the, can you see that or not? It's got the Avs uh, game four there. 830. By the way, got the it. game's really going to start at, um, at around 850 tonight uh, locally and 750 um, Colorado time. So late, late game tonight. Okay, well, good to know. DMAT, first of all, how are you enjoying Nashville? It's your first time out there. It is such a boring town. There's nothing to do. <laughs> Nobody wants to come here. There's no live music. There's no bachelorette parties. There's just nothing happening. I mean, geez, is it boring? No, it's – um. when you walk out of – Bridgestone Arena, you walk onto Broadway, which is about a half mile of some of the most amazing music places you can find with such an unbelievable variety of all sorts of music. It's a lot, mostly country, but not all necessarily country. So, no, it's fantastic. You know what? That Zamboni, can you see the Zambonis coming out? You can hear them. Tell me if it's too distracting, but we got Zamboni action happening out here on the ice. Hey, D-Mac, the, uh, the, the, the setting behind you kind of looks like the beginning of game three with a bunch of empty seats. <laughs> what, do you, uh, what do you expect tonight from uh, the Nashville crowd? They got to be thinking they're toast, right? Like they got no oh. Well, like, like I said, the game starts at 8.30 here locally, really 8.50. It was a late arriving crowd on a Saturday afternoon. And, and maybe I should give them a little bit of a break because the arena is right near the busiest part of town, this, this Broadway music uh, row sort of thing. So, but what I was shocked by, it seems so common sense that you would come park and then have a little fun and then walk into the game. And we were stunned, absolutely stunned by the late arriving crowd and then kind of the playoff overall lack of enthusiasm. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not trying to rip on the fans that were here, but there were significant fans that weren't here. And then they significantly left early because the game was over relatively early. So, guys, just to let you know, not an intimidating place to play on the road whatsoever. So anything about that, I mean, absolutely forget it. It's why the Avalanche can set the tone on their own merits. They don't have to respond to anything, frankly. They can just play their game. They can dictate the pace. And I I think they will. How about Avalanche fans? How many have you seen out there? Not many. It's a good question, though, Rachel. Some. Some are out here, uh, but not many, because I think the Avalanche fans seriously are saving their their money for, um, you know, a more meaningful series. Seriously. And I think that actually, I mean, aside from having a lot of fun here, because there's a lot of fun to be had, um, for hockey reasons, I think that's a good decision. To save it up in case you want to go to Calgary, I don't know, to St. Louis, Minnesota, someplace like that, Edmonton maybe, who knows. So um, there's not many fans here. It doesn't matter, but there's there's only a handful, some but not many. 
So, DMAC, obviously game three was great for the Abs, except for the Darcy Kemper injury. That was the story of the game, even though the Abs won seven to three. What's the update? Have we heard anything today? Is he going to go or is it going to be Francois? What's the uh, what's the plan? Well, yesterday I saw Kemper just walk through the hallways here and Mike Chambers of the Denver Post actually saw him head on. I just saw him kind of uh, walk past the doorway. But Mike talked to him a little bit and said that an eye was uh, swollen shut. But Jared Bednar yesterday said he wasn't ruling him out. And the abs get going here in about a half hour. Actually, you can see a couple guys are actually getting on the ice right now. Um, so Bednar will speak in about, oh, I don't know, in half, a half hour or so. And we'll have a better sense of um, what's what then. He did say if Kemper was good to go, he would go. But they called up Eustace Ananen instead of Hunter Miska. We're going deep. We're going deep here. Third and fourth string goalies. But Ananen really is the third string guy. And he only wasn't here as the emergency goalie because the Eagles are still in the playoffs. And he's their number one goalie for, for the Eagles. So they didn't want to punish the Eagles in a situation where he wouldn't play. But he has been called up because I think Francois will start, and, and that means Darcy won't even dress, and they'll, they'll want the best quality backup they can get. And that would be Annan instead of Hunter Miska. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Obviously, I think just get him as healthy as he can possibly be. Don't put any stress on his body anymore. Hopefully that eye is feeling a little bit better, DMAC. You'll have to keep us updated on social media. But I know you also went to the Nashville Predators presser yesterday. What did Johansson have to say about the incident? Well, I thought he was very sincere. I did. I don't think he did what he did on purpose. Um, He struck me as sincere. I talked to some of the local media. They say he's a good guy and that he's just, he's not that type of guy. Um, I did ask him, did he reach out to Kemper? He said he didn't, but he didn't because he had heard Kemper was okay. And I've seen some people say, well, he's okay or not. You, you still should have reached out to him. And um, okay. Um, but I don't think it was intentional whatsoever. I don't, I think it was just a really, really bad accident. I mean, after the game, uh, Francois said he didn't even realize the blade of a stick could, fit through the cage of the mask. But unbelievably, this is kind of the second time it's happened to Darcy Kemper. You can look it up. Happened in 2019 at a LA Kings game where a stick got underneath his mask, not necessarily through his cage. But I mean, it really did get through his mask into his face and, and ripped his helmet off. So I guess it can happen. It's a weird one. I, I was fine with what Johansson had to say. Um, other people aren't, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, D-Max, speaking of going deep, it, it, you know, the way the series is going for the abs, it's difficult to find anything to worry about, even for someone like me. But I, I do think one thing that's kind of stood out is Miko Rantanen's sort of been a no-show so far this series. Is that just a matter of, <coughs> hey, they can't score eight or nine every game, or is there anything we can look at and say, man, he's got to get going here as they get into the second round and beyond? Wow, I mean, if we're really worried about that, we got some, uh, we got some issues. Uh, no, I, I'm not worried about Miko Rantanen. I'm more worried about the guys from Finland wearing the Miko Rantanen jerseys that we're seeing at Rippies uh, dancing and leading the charge uh, on, uh, on Saturday night. I mean, when you see two guys with Rantanen sweaters on the dance floor at Rippies just across the street, you wonder what's going on. They are from Finland. They made the trip to go see their guy. And, um, you know, fans are fans, and they're wonderful. Don't worry about Miko Rantanen, James. Okay. You know, I, I, he's, he's, he's just he's going with the flow. They're getting production from the third and fourth line, which is fantastic. And, and most importantly, what Bednar said at the beginning, 
You've got to have your stars play great. Look at Kale McCarr. Look at Nathan McKinnon. I mean, look at the stars uh, of this team. They're fine. They're more than fine. Um, you know, Brandon's fantastic, and I wouldn't worry about that whatsoever. Okay. Well, Kel McCarr was announced a finalist for the Norris Trophy today. For both of you, who do you anticipate to win it? And, James, we'll start with you. I think it's going to be Yossi. I do. I mean, two of the three in this series. <laughs> How about that? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, look, I'm biased. I think McCarr should win it. Uh, but I think, you know, if you go off the numbers and we just spent 15 minutes talking about how, you know, Nikola Jokic deserved the MVP in the NBA based on numbers, Yossi deserves this based on uh, the, the numbers that he put up. So really can't make a bad choice, but I think it's the one thing the Predators are going to win this offseason is, the, uh, is the, Norris, the Norris Trophy. I think that's it for them. DMAC, what about for you? I think it's going to be Yossi as well. He's kind of the Nikola Jokic of the Predators, meaning uh, without him, who are they? And uh, KL, what a wonderful season and incredible. But, you know, he plays with a lot of other great players. I mean, Matt Duchesne's having a great year for the Predators, but Yossi's been just absurd. And he's, a, you know, a little bit more of a vet. And, um, you know, I think people will say, well, you know, McCarr is going to win plenty uh, moving on. So I think it goes to Yossi as well because – I mean, who are the Predators without what he's done? He's their leading scorer as a defenseman. It's insane. Um, so it probably goes to Yossi. But I don't want to denigrate what Kale McCarr has done. And, you know, if you vote for Kale McCarr – hey, listen, let me tell you, if you vote for Kale McCarr, don't go on national TV and cry like a baby that he didn't win if it goes like Yossi, like every single broadcaster on ESPN is doing today about Embiid to Jokic. I mean, how pathetic is that? Now, you want to talk about a bunch of freaking babies. Look at the East Coast media. Hey, I voted for Embiid and Jokic won. Uh, I mean, really? Seriously? How about just saying, wow, what an unbelievable year for all three of those guys. Uh, and Jokic is a deserving winner despite I didn't vote for him. It's okay, though, because I get it. You know, I think it's pathetic what's going on. I know that's a different sort of venue here, but um, I think Yossi's going to win to answer your question. Yeah, it but a little yeah. DMAC, I'm with you on the Jokic thing. Like, if you voted for Embiid, I don't think you owe anybody an explanation. I get it. But if you voted for Jokic, it's the same thing. I mean, both guys were worthy candidates. Uh, the fact that people are so upset about it, it's crazy. That's, that's the shame of the situation. It's depending on what camp you're in. I think, you know, you feel like you're forced to rip the other guy. It's silly. Same with this award. I yeah. think one of them would be yeah. great, but Yossi's going to win it. But McCarr certainly was a deserving candidate. And if he wins it, Great, yeah. he's a deserving uh, Norris Trophy winner, that's for sure. We're kind of on the other side of it, right? Or we're like the Embiid, where most likely McCarr won't win it. There's a chance, you never know. But we're kind of on the other side having to be that media, too, where Jokic won it, but McHale probably won't win the Norris Trophy. DMAC, I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. Who do you have on the ice with you at the moment? Uh, we got the avalanche on the ice right now. Can you see it? I don't know if we can see it a little bit, but who, who can you see out there? Oh, there's oh, there's so many now. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're all out there. I can't, yeah, you know, me and my eyesight, so I'm not. Uh... Oh, look at there's three goalies. Can you see? There's three goalies on the ice, so that means Kemper is on. Can you guys see that right there? Mm-hmm. I can. See I don't know if you can see it. No, well, I can see three. I'll I'll send you a video later. So we've got um, uh, uh, Fransos, um, and 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 Darcy Kemper. Darcy Kemper skating right now. Look at that. Some breaking news for y'all on uh, Coffee Break right there. That is what? literally just happened. Yeah, so I don't um, – so fascinating, right? Like, um, okay, we'll see what happens. I'm not sure what's going to happen. 
I like like coffee break. How about coffee break? Put this in a promo for coffee break. I know. Breaking <laughs> news: the biggest one in the game for D-Mac. So, so you know, we'll we'll keep an eye. We'll keep an eye on Kemper during the skate right here. I'll post it post it out at D-Mac Radio um, to see kind of what he does uh, during this morning skate. But yeah, Darcy Kemper on the ice. Very cool. We'd love to see it. We love having you out on the road with this team, DMAC. Uh, let's get real quick predictions for tonight. James, we'll start with you. What's your score prediction? I'm going to go to the Avs, close it out. I don't think the Predators have any interest in getting on an airplane, coming back to Denver and getting blown out on Wednesday night. So might as well do, you know, 3 two, one Cancun tonight. I think it's the Avs 5, Predators 2 tonight in another laugher. James, that's a fascinating that's a fascinating score for fascinating reasons. But I will go uh, I'll go I'll go five to one, James, just to make things super interesting between me and you. I see it more or less the same, but I'll 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 make it five to one. I'm going four two. Four two tonight. Uh you know, I think with Francois in the net, most likely, again, Kemper out there on the ice, that was something we weren't expecting to see. But if it's Francois, I'll give him two. And then I think the Avs will take care of business, but not not really hit the gas all the way. Save a little it bit. might be Hunter that's the third goalie, by the way. That's oh, what, are you seeing that, James? Yeah, that's what are Peter – that's what Peter Ball Peter said. Ball. Oh, okay. Not to be a killjoy. No, 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 that's fine. And, you know, I was thinking that too. And Peter is – I can see where Peter's sitting. So Peter's a great journalist, and, and that would make sense if Peter's putting that out there. I'm just, I'm just looking from uh, higher above than Peter yeah. is. So that's good good correction. And Peter, I see where he is. He's right there on the ice. He would know. So, oh, well. Why, we thought we had why is five, on break. Why is 5-2 a fascinating prediction? What am I missing? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it's not that interesting, James. Good for following Peter Ball, though. That's good. Oh, that's a little bit of a bummer. You know, I know, can, I know. Can I, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I complain about something really quick? If they could correct Absolutely. anything in the AHL, put numbers on these guys' backs so we can tell who's who's who. Would it really be that terrible if you put some numbers on guys' backs? And, and if you can really tell one player from another who's just wearing hockey jerseys and you can't see their teeny tiny number on the back of their helmet, you're, you're better than me. I, I can't tell the difference. But um, well, good for Peter Ma and uh, good for you, James, with five to two. We love it. All right, DMAC, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That means there is breaking news, though. That actually means there's still breaking news. That means you're seeing that Darcy Kemper won't go tonight. He's not on the ice. It's news. There's three goalies, and he's not one of them. So so there you go. So we still got breaking news on coffee break. It still (laughs) sort of kind of happened. We love it. DMAC, love having you out on the road. We look forward to this type of coverage the entire run for this Colorado Avalanche team. Thank you so much, James. Thank you again for joining me on this Monday. And thank you to all the viewers for joining us too. Uh, game four tonight between the Predators and the Avalanche. Make sure you come hang out with James and I post game. We'll be alongside Will Peterson. As soon as the final horn blows, we'll be going live here on Twitter. Facebook, and YouTube. Make sure you come hang out with us, and we will see everybody again later tonight or tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Bye, everyone.